John, St. John's Gospel, the 15th chapter. And we're going to be reading, uh, beginning at the ninth verse and reading down through verse 14. And from those scriptures, we'll pick verse 13 to be our focus text. But we're going to read verses 9 through 14. Hallelujah. I covet your prayers today as we uh, attempt to minister the, uh, the Word of God. I don't... I didn't mention it, but uh, I don't think there was no uh, birthdays to be mentioned or anniversaries this week. I don't see it in the bulletin. This is the words of Jesus. He said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. From that, I'm going to focus on verse 13 where Jesus says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you, God, for the privilege to be in your house. And now as we enter into your word today, I pray for your anointing, God, to cover us right now. Give me the ability to speak this message, God, that you would like the church to hear today. Bless each and every one that is here. I ask God, if anyone here today who don't know you as Savior and Lord, that this will be the day that they will call upon you and become a child of God. Bless each and every one today, every individual and every family. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Appreciate our visitors that are here today. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Great to see Brother Michael back with us, brother. It's good to see you back there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Great to see him. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you in the next few minutes on a subject titled, The Greatest Gift. I guess we just call it the greatest gift ever given. The greatest gift. Um, Memorial Day is a day of remembrance. A day to stop uh, and reflect back on those who paid the ultimate sacrifice, uh, which was their very lives. All of us, at one time or the other, uh, have been given gifts by people to show gratitude, affection, and love. Many times the gifts we received are costly and require a certain amount of sacrifice from the giver. But a lot of times um, it is the thought behind the gift which is the most value. Gifts which come from the heart are most special gifts because they convey a message of love and devotion. Now, in the text that I got through reading a few minutes ago, we have the words of a man who knew how to give. He knew how to give, and this man knew the meaning behind the gift. He said, Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. Them are some powerful words. They're some very truthful words. 
When someone lays down their life, I want you to understand, I hope you all realize today, that when somebody lays down their life, there is nothing left for them to give because they've given everything. You can't give no more than your life. When you offer your life, there's nothing left for you to give. That's why Jesus says, Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. Today, we live in freedom in this country of ours because of two very important things. We have freedom basically now... A lot of people can think of things that you might say, but basically our freedom that we all have hinges on two very important things. The first thing is, one, it hinges on the principles in which we have believed in and lived by, amen, for all these years. We stay a free nation because of the principles that our forefathers, amen, laid down in a foundation. And then secondly, the second thing that our freedom hinges on is the men and women who died to uphold those principles. If it was not for the principles, and if it was not for the people willing to lay down for those principles, we would not have freedom today. Hallelujah. We should never forget to thank God for the men and women now, who, uh, um, who give their lives for people whom they never knew or never met, yet they died just the same. Can you imagine laying on the ground of some foreign nation thousands of miles away from home, from your mother, your father, your sister, and your brother, laying there in your own blood as life going out of your body, dying for people that you don't even know their name? Thousands have done that. Hallelujah. I can never myself think about Memorial Day and an ultimate sacrifice without also thinking about the greatest of all sacrifices made by a man hung on a cross over 2,000 years ago to pay a debt which I owed. Hallelujah. He paid the price. That I should have had to pay. He was hung up for my hang-ups. He stayed consistent for my inconsistencies. Hallelujah. The weight of the world was laid upon this man's shoulders. And I'm here to tell you today that that was the greatest sacrifice ever made. It was the greatest gift ever given. Amen. From the greatest love. Hallelujah. Amen. He loved us. Hallelujah. The most quoted scripture in all the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whomsoever believe in Him should not perish. You don't have to perish today because of that gift that was given you. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want for the next few minutes, I want to relate to you the story about this man I'm talking about. Because as we think about Memorial Day and we got to think about ultimate sacrifices, Brother Darrell, we got to think about the most important sacrifice. Hallelujah. Let's talk a bit, little bit about this man 
whom was named Jesus and whom that we worship today. The first thing about the Lord, He was a man who was rejected and despised. Hallelujah. He was rejected and He was despised. He come to somebody who didn't want Him to come. The Bible said He came to His own and His own didn't receive Him. The most cold-blooded thing there is, the hardest slap in the face that you can ever get slapped, is when it comes by through by somebody whom you love. Hallelujah! Somebody you gonna know can't hurt you like somebody knows you. Hallelujah! Somebody that you love can't hurt you like somebody who loves you. Hallelujah! And the Bible said he came to his own, and his own refused him. Isaiah the prophet who lived 700 years before the birth of Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and he prophesied and he wrote down in his book concerning Jesus Christ and him being rejected and despised. Isaiah chapter 53, the first five verses I'm going to read. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord? Revealed. Let me just stop right there and say something. How many people in this world today really truly believe the report of Jesus Christ and what He came to earth to do and what He is still trying to do today? How many people has been really revealed, amen, the gift of the glorious gospel? Nice, it's fair to say not too many. Hallelujah, because if everybody would believe this report, I don't believe there's enough church houses in the world built big enough to could hold everybody. If everybody believed this message, if everybody believed the report, hallelujah, if everybody has had a revelation about who Jesus is and what He came for. He said, For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or calmness when we shall see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. Listen to what he says. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the greatest guilt. That's the greatest guilt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes children can be can be uh, very, uh, I don't know the, the word I want to use, but a lot of times you take a child who has been given basically everything that they've ever wanted and, uh, and, and brought up in a family 
that um, always has food on the table and and all that. I've sometimes you see children like that when when somebody comes and and gives gives them a gift. Sometimes children don't have that understanding, and uh, they'll 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 look at a gift and they'll push it aside, you know, because you know they're they're more interested in. Uh, and nowadays, and all those electronic things, you know, and uh, sometimes they have put certain gifts away because they don't understand the meaning or uh, or the thought behind uh, the gift. And when I think about that, I think about us today in relation to us in Jesus Christ and the gift that sometimes we push aside. Because we see that there's something else that's more important in our lives. Hallelujah. God's got a gift for me of eternal life. He's got a gift of healing. He's got a gift to touch me and to bless me. Hallelujah. But yet I push that gift aside because I'm out here pursuing other gifts that I'm trying to achieve. Hallelujah. Even though I want to admit it out of my lips, yet my heart by my action is saying that there are other gifts that the world has given me that I'd rather have than have what Jesus has given me. Oh, we need to listen to what the Word of God is saying. Jesus was rejected and despised. One of the greatest crimes perpetrated against soldiers sent to fight a war was the rejection by the American public against the Vietnam vets when they returned home. The Vietnam War was a whole lot less popular than the ones we even uh, right now, I mean, a lot of people talk about what we're fighting today. It was, it was, it was still different as night and day during the Vietnam War. And one of the greatest crimes perpetrated against these soldiers uh, by the American public overall, it had to do with a lot with the uh, uh, with the American press, how they portrayed it, and uh, and the pictures that were seen. It was really one of the first wars that we was able to see uh, on TV and the news. But one of the greatest things was against these vets when they returned home. Over 58,000, over 58,000 men lost their lives in battle. And many others were MIA, still missing today. Don't know, their families don't know where, where they're at. Yet, there was no welcome home parade to honor the brave young men who fought and died. Hallelujah. People just seemed to want to forget the whole thing. They didn't want to think about Vietnam. Oh, I want you to know something. It don't make no difference what those politicians did in Washington because I'm here to tell you, it was the politicians in Washington who lost that battle. It wasn't our American soldiers. But it don't matter what all that was. Amen. Those men who went over there and spilt their blood, amen, they deserve a little respect and honor from the people in this nation that they gave the ultimate prize for. Hallelujah. It's a terrible travesty for things like that to happen. When Jesus Christ came to earth, 
He was despised by the very ones he came to save. They rejected the king of glory and desired a thief and a murderer by the name of Barabbas to live instead of Jesus. They treated Jesus the same way that a lot of people treated the Vietnam veterans. They didn't thank him for what he did. They wasn't thankful for the price that he paid. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He was abused. He was used. He was ridiculed. The Bible said they spat upon him. They plucked the beard out of his face. All these things, they rejected him. They didn't listen to the words that he said. Yet he never did no one no harm. He always went about doing good, healing those who were sick and afflicted, casting demons out of those who were in bondage by the devil, feeding those who were hungry by blessing five loaves and two fish, enough, enough to feed 5,000 men beside the women and children. Hallelujah. They rejected him. They despised him. They did all those things to him. But yet, he still was willing to die for them. They didn't take his life. I read an article by, by some crazy, far-out religious group, more, more or less, I, I would say, like a, like a cult than a, than a religious body. But they, they said that, uh, that Jesus Christ's mission didn't get completed, uh, that, um, uh, that they, uh, he was murdered, uh, amen, and killed before he had a chance, uh, amen, to finish his, his, what he said. But I thank God that hanging on the cross, uh, amen, he cried out, some words that it is finished. Hallelujah. Thank God for the finished work at Calvary. Glory to God that I don't have to worry about it because I'm saved by His grace, not by my work, but by His work. Oh, glory to God. He wasn't murdered. He said, I lay my life down and I'm going to pick it up again. He did it willingly. Brother Dallas, he laid it down even though he was despised. He laid it down even though that they didn't care about him. He laid it down even though they didn't, they didn't appreciate nothing that he did for them during the three and a half years that he lived on this earth. He died anyway. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the greatest gift that was ever given. Hallelujah. When they cried out, Pilate said, Who you want me to release to you? It's customary for this time of the year to release a prisoner to the people. This is a customary thing that the Romans did for the Jews during their um, season of Passover. And they cried out, Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Hallelujah. It might be one reason, I don't know, just throw some out there for us to think about. But it might be one reason why America is seeing such struggles today in economics and material things. It's because for many years, Brother, Brother Travis, America's been calling out, Give me my new home. Give me my new car. Give me my, 
Give me, uh, give me my membership in all the fine clubs around town. Give me this, give me that. Hallelujah. Instead of give me Jesus. Not too many people are saying give me Jesus. Not too many people are making a cry, give me Jesus. It's always give me this stuff. It's always give me this. We can't sing the song that Sunday school kids used to sing. Years ago when I was a child, we sang them when we went to Sunday school. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back, Lord. I won't turn back. He made the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the debt. But yet, just like the same ones 2,000 years ago were crying, give me Barabbas. Sean, we're crying out, give me this, give me that, give me that, all these other things. Hallelujah. I believe it's time that somebody starts saying, give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't, not, don't give me my, my, my religion or my church sign out there or the domination, but give me Jesus. All that stuff can't save people. That's one reason why that we don't proclaim religion around here. We try to stress not religion but a relationship because Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to be able to put his arm around you and call you son or daughter. And he wants you to be able to look up at him and say, Abba, Father. And you know what Abba means if you translate that in good old American southern language? Daddy. That's what Abba means. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My earthly father's gone. He's not with me no more. But, brother, I still got a daddy I can go to. I got, I got a shoulder I can cry on. Hallelujah. And he, and he, he, he does for some time like my earthly father. He'll, he'll come to me and comfort me. But, boy, he'll get here and look at me too and say, man, you're getting off on the wrong track. Hallelujah. But that's all part about being a good father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just getting so overwhelmed in my spirit. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this message or not. Hallelujah. He rejected and despised. One more point that I want to declare, then we'll finish. He took the fall for our sins. The song that they sang, Michael W. Smith put out, Above all, hallelujah, above all, hallelujah, live to die rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. He took the fall and thought of me above all. He took the fall for his church. John chapter 1, verse 29. 
John the Baptist when he was preaching full run in the coming of Christ. He looked and he saw Jesus coming unto him. And when he saw Jesus coming to him, he cried out, Behold. That word behold, it means take a look there. Look. You see right here? Here comes the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Pastor wants to share something with you now that a lot of people mistranslate. A lot of times I hear people quoting this scripture and they get it wrong. They want to put an S on that sin. But he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin, not sins, of the world. That is very important. Because if you miss what he's really saying there, then you're going to miss everything of what God did for you through Jesus Christ at Calvary. Jesus took on the sin of Adam, which was placed on every one of us by inheritance. When Jesus Christ became the Lamb of God, He came to eradicate the sin of Adam that we all had. That's the sin of the world. It ain't me running around getting drunk or taking a toke. Amen. Or running around with a woman. That ain't what he's referring to. It's the sin of Adam because we were all born alienated from God. You could have been born in this world, never cuss, never get drunk, never do nothing people think's wrong, and still die lost because you were born in sin. He was the Lamb of God to take away the S-I in the sin of the world or the sin of Adam. Please understand what I'm saying. The sin of Adam had to get taken care of before our own sins could be dealt with. That's how come a lot of people today take around New Year's Day. They, they'll make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to live better. You know, I'm going to take a new lease on life. I'm going to do better. That's great. That's good, but that's not going to save you. You could, uh, you could take a new lease on life and start living better if you, if you was a drunkard and never drank again, but you would still be lost. Why? Because of the Adam's sin nature that was born with you. Hallelujah. Jesus, he took the fall. By taking on that on sin nature. When he took care of that, then all of my problems can be dealt with. All of your problems can be dealt with. He took the fall. Praise God. Amen. The sin nature. He paid that price for our first father, Adam, messing up. Because until that was taken care of, couldn't nobody ever have a chance. Now, now I can, because Jesus did that, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He took the fall. Brother Darrell, I want you to get ready to sing a song. I'm fixing to close. We're fixing to have the invitation. Today, 
the greatest memorial we could ever hope to give all of the fallen heroes is to continue to stand for the principles in which they died for. If we don't stand against those people who would like to take our Constitution as Americans and wad it up and throw it away, then it don't make no difference how many picnics we have on Memorial Day. We're not really honoring those who died for those principles. As Americans, the best way we can memorialize and honor all those who spilt their blood is to still stand up for the principles that they died for. All right. But it don't stop there. The greatest memorial you could give to Jesus Christ for the sacrifice He made for you is to give your heart and soul to Him and make Him the Lord of your life. If you're in this room today and you're not saved and you're not a child of God, you never prayed the repentant sinner prayer and asked God into your life and you walk away without doing so, you're walking away and saying, what you did, Lord, don't mean nothing to me. Oh, I didn't say that, Brother Sammy. You don't say it by your lips, but you say it by your actions. Every time you hear the gospel declared and you walk walk away and don't respond to it, then you're telling God what you did at Calvary don't mean nothing to me. You can't get no more cold blood than that. Hallelujah. The greatest gift ever given. I don't know. Everybody in here today might have everything fixed up with God, and I, and I hope and pray that you do. But right now, as Brother Darrell leads us the course, we're going to give a few minutes to open up for anybody who'd like to come and kneel in prayer and talk to the Lord for a few minutes. I'll open these altars up that you can talk to the Lord because He made a way 2,000 years ago for you to be able to do so. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell. There was a mountain, there were three trees. 